second lesson will serve as the basis for our sermon this evening. It comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So then, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. Let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I want you to imagine in your mind for a moment a young husband and wife who just completed their marriage vows. It's mere minutes after the wedding ceremony ended. They've been waiting for that moment for years, which turned into months, which turned into weeks, and then days. And then they woke up that morning of their wedding day, and they still had to wait a few more hours. But now the moment that they had been waiting for is here. They are now husband and wife. And this husband looks at his wife and he says, I love you. And she looks at her husband and she says, I love you. Would you expect that to be the last time they say I love you to one another? Of course not, right? They're going to say I love you to one another over and over and over again as long as they both shall live. Maybe you've never thought about the Passover in this way before, but it's kind of what God is doing in the Passover feast year after year after year for 1,500 years. He's saying to his people, to his bride, the church, over and over and over again, I love you, I love you, I love you. It was a meal of remembrance. A meal that brought God's people back to the day when he rescued their ancestors from slavery when the blood of the sacrificial lamb was painted on the doorframe and the firstborn son in every home, every Israelite home was spared. It was a meal that reminded them of that time when God brought them out of Egypt with his powerful hand and led their ancestors to the land that he had promised on oath to their father Abraham. It was a meal that demonstrated God's love. Now, for Jesus' disciples, on that Thursday of Holy Week, this was something they had done many times before. They had celebrated this meal with all of its ritual and all of its remembrance, something they had done every year of their lives. But everything changed that Holy Thursday evening. When Jesus took some of the unleavened bread that was used with the Passover meal, and he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. 
Then he took one of the cups of ceremonial wine and he passed it around the tables. Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Jesus, in that moment, gave his church a gift, a love note that would be sent over and over and over again. A gift of love that would follow his church wherever it goes till he returns and then forever in heaven. When the Apostle Paul went to Corinth in Greece and started a church, he didn't just go with the word. Yes, he went with the word. He brought the message of forgiveness in Jesus, but he also brought baptism. And all the people in that church were baptized into God's family. And of course, he brought Lord's Supper too. He brought this most precious gift, this message of love from God to his people. He brought that for the Christians in Corinth too. But sometime after he left, Paul caught word that the church in Corinth had begun to abuse the sacrament. They had begun to make a mockery of Lord's Supper. And it was sin. And so he goes to this, this in this letter, he, he comes to them and he tells them to knock it off. Listen to what he says in the verses leading up to our text. So then, when you come together, it is not the Lord's Supper you eat. For when you are eating, some of you go ahead with your own private suppers. As a result, one person remains hungry and another gets drunk. Don't you have homes to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God by humiliating those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you? Certainly not in this matter. So what had happened was the people at the church in Corinth, they had taken what they learned from Paul and this idea that we, whenever you eat it and drink it, do it in remembrance of Jesus. And whenever they had some bread and some wine, they would call it Lord's Supper. It turned out the, the wealthy among them were having these feasts where they'd eat their fill and drink their fill. And poor people would be off to the side having nothing. And they called it Lord's Supper and thought this was good. It wasn't. So Paul says, it's time to review what I had taught you once before. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So then, Whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. And understandably so. There's a reason God wants us to examine ourselves before we come to Lord's Supper. Because anyone who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner is sinning. 
Now, our practice of Lord's Supper pretty much makes it impossible for you to do what they did. No one's going to be committing the sin of gluttony with that little wafer. And those cups of wine are very small. We don't run the risk of drunkenness in our celebration of the Lord's Supper. But you know your sinful heart, and I know mine. You and I are plenty capable of receiving the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner. For some of us, it might be mindlessness. It might be going through the motions, old habit, to the point where you've totally lost sight of what it is that's happening. Who you are, a sinner, coming forward to receive the actual body and blood of Jesus given and poured out for you for the forgiveness of all of your sins. And in a moment of weakness, you mindlessly receive the supper, not having a clue what's going on. For others of you, it might be a moment of anger, maybe even hatred, where somebody hurt you really bad, and you just were not willing to forgive that person, not yet. And yet you were willing to come up here and have God forgive you in the Lord's Supper, but you were not about to turn around and forgive that person who hurt you. Maybe for others in here, it's just a pure lack of appreciation for the supper. Not really concerned with how often you receive it. Going months, maybe even years between times feasting on the Lord's body and blood. Whatever the case may be, it's important that we examine ourselves. That we review who it is that we are. And what it is that we've done. Wondering, why would God want anything to do with me? A sinner like me. But then part of examination is also remembering what God says about himself. Examining what God says is happening in the supper. Because we might wonder, why does God want to be with a sinner like us? But in the supper, we're reminded that God wants to be with us. Forget your questions of why. Did you catch in the Old Testament lesson how at the beginning of the text we were told that God told Moses to come up on the mountain, but the rest of the guys, Aaron and Nadab and Abihu, the 70 elders, they were not supposed to come. Did you catch that? But then something changed, and they all went. What's the thing that happened? Well, Moses had some of the young men of Israel offer burnt offerings to the Lord and sacrifice some bulls as fellowship offerings. An offering so that mankind could have fellowship with God. And Moses collected half of the bull's blood in bowls And the other half, he splashed on the altar. Did you catch what he did with the blood that was in the bowls? Moses took the blood, sprinkled it on the people, and said, this is the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and the 70 elders of Israel went up and saw the God of Israel. Under his feet was something like a pavement made of lapis lazuli, 
as bright blue as the sky. But God did not raise his hand against these leaders of the Israelites. They saw God and they ate and drank. That's amazing. God had fellowship with sinful human beings. He ate and drank with them and they didn't die. See, God had always been teaching his people that it would take innocent blood sacrifice so that his people could have fellowship with him. And that's what we're celebrating tonight. The innocent blood sacrifice of God's son who the night before he died instituted this meal of remembrance in which, in a miraculous way, we are given the very body and blood of the Son of God that was given and poured out for you and for me. Why? Why? So that we can have fellowship with God, communion with him. Talk about an amazing thing. And so tonight, when many of you come forward to receive the Lord's Supper, I want you to eat. Eat the body of your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, given for you. And hear him say, I love you. Drink. Drink the blood of your Lord and Savior Jesus shed for you for the forgiveness of all of your sins and hear him say, I forgive you. Know that when we eat and we drink, we proclaim the death of Christ, the death of God's Son, which has made it possible for us to have fellowship with God now and forever. That is a blessed communion. Amen.